everybody. This is Denomination Discussion, Episode 5. It's your host, Isaac Tretto, here to tell you all about the many sects of Christendom and what we can do to make them better. Now, folks, it's been a while, and, you know, things have been weird, things have been off, but as I'm sure you've seen, great things are coming for this podcast, and great things are coming for just this school in general. And I'm so happy to be a part of that and to be spreading the gospel message as people should and as we as believers should to do what the Lord has called us to do to make disciples of all nations. I'm just, I'm so honored to be back and I'm so honored to be speaking to all of you. Today's subject is a bit on the touchy matter. It's not about any denomination in specific. Actually, it's about all the denominations together. It's about something called the high church and the low church. Now, let me be completely clear. The high church is not better than the low church, and the low church is not worse than the high church. Simply put, these are terms of formality. The higher up the church, the more formal they are. Now, mind you, formality is simply a part of the church. Think of it three ways. There are three elements to Christianity. Community, Christ, and tradition. You see, obviously every denomination is some way, somehow they incorporate these three. But each will have their own prospects of how they do this. For instance, Baptists put a very, very huge emphasis on Christ. Methodists put a very huge emphasis on the community, which we'll cover them later. Or Catholics or Orthodox put a very high emphasis on tradition. Now, all of these are good, but you can't outbalance one or the other. And simply put, the high church is higher on the scale of tradition. Now, later on in future episodes, we'll cover Christ and also community and how Churches rank high church, low church on that. But for this episode specifically, we'll talk about tradition and how that works. So without any further ado, let's start with some prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that you have congregated in your church and you have made it so that we would be the bride of Christ. Lord God, I pray this day that you may allow me to be your voice and your wisdom to allow the bride of Christ to further grow. And Lord God, as you call us to be a beautiful of service to you, I pray that I might only be a reflection of this and that all people who hear this will see your wisdom, and your power and amazement through what I do here today. I pray this in your name. Amen. All right, let's get started with the big question. How did the high church essentially start? So the Anglican church was founded in England, as we've covered before, and there was a lot of debate amongst them of how exactly this could come forth and how they would prosper in the future. The people on the more liberal sort of Reformation side believe they should be more like the Presbyterians and the Calvinists and thought it'd be best if they viewed a more reformed sort of angle of things. The people on the more conservative side of the spectrum, however, were more like the Catholics and they thought they should be closer to Rome and really that the whole root of the Anglican Church was rooted in Henry VIII's sin, which while in essence politically it was, culturally and theologically it was not. So therefore, the Anglican Church, in order to stop any sort of infighting, created a system called the High Church and the Low Church. This system spread very far and wide throughout the different denominations, and many agreed that it would be very well to use this as a basis. This, as I mentioned before, is for the three pillars of Christianity. Here is what I'm going to cover in the Central Tradition. So let's start with the Low Church. The Low Church is commonly very lenient in their tradition, doesn't give much care or praise for liturgy or sacraments, and generally views more of a personal relationship of Christ. Now, some pros about the low church are that they they have a very strong emphasis on the one-on-one relationship with Christ. And this is something that everybody should strive for, because without Christ, we as a church or a denomination have absolutely nothing. Another thing that these people do very well in a pro is simplicity. 
They believe that the Bible is infallible, which is called sola scriptura, and believe that nothing but the Bible should be used in teaching. Though they try to eschew tradition, obviously church needs tradition somehow. And while there may be little to no tradition, the tradition that is there is often good. However, here are some cons about the low church. The low church, out of all the churches, is the one most susceptible to liberalism. Unfortunately, due to lack of structure and lack of tradition, these churches have opened the way for things such as homosexuality, New Age, to open into their churches. And while most are so large that this is not a problem, some churches unfortunately fall to false doctrine. And even some higher churches up on the tradition scale can tend to be more low church. That's another problem with low church. The low church often tends to do things unintentionally of bringing down other denominations and kind of giving them Christian guilt, it's called, for being so stuck up in their traditions. And while this can be a good way of conviction and to bring one another up, it is not a good thing to bring each other down. One more kind of con of the low church is that what they lack in tradition, they gain in strictness. A lot of low church people, such as Baptists and Pentecostals, though wonderful in their theology and great people, are often very strict. For instance, we know the stereotype of Baptists not liking dancing or drinking, and while this is okay for the most part, it's very good to be spiritually disciplined. This obviously is a problem when we're having the strictness, but not exactly having the tradition in the church. So finally, to close off with the low church, where do things stand on the low church? So at the very lowest of the low church, not meaning it's bad, just meaning it's not very traditional, is the big tent evangelical slash non-denominational, which is the most common. In the middle of the low church is the, pre not the Presbyterians, that comes later, the Pentecostals or Charismatics, and they are a little more high church, they are a little more structured in their theology, but still tend to the low church. And then the highest of the low church is previously mentioned Baptist, which are the most structured and the most formulated denomination of the low church. Let's continue on to the middle church. So the middle church, in essence, is a little like the low church, a little bit like the high church. In the sense that they are so stuck up in their tradition and they believe that there are other things that take precedence. Obviously, the Bible has ultimately the power, sola scriptura, all denominations believe that, except the people that tend more to the high church tend to put stuff very close to the Bible. The middle church, however, like the low church, doesn't do that. However, unlike the low church and like the high church, they try and they put emphasis on certain traditions. And these traditions, for the most part, are good. Some pros about the middle church is obviously the balance of both sides. These churches are able to be open and free to what people think, yet also still strong in their ways that have been set for a very long time, which is another strong pro of these middle churches. These middle churches, besides Catholicism and Orthodoxy, are some of the oldest churches in Christian history. These churches usually or most of them are the founding Protestant groups and denominations, such as Calvinists are in this category, Anglicans are in this category, and others as well. And you see, these people are very, very strong in their beliefs, and they are, as I mentioned in the last episode, mainline. That's here by the con of some of these churches. They, like the rest of mainline churches, have obviously faltered. But that's okay, because these churches are coming back to life. These churches also have started many institutions which now, unfortunately, no longer serve God. And this is not inherently their fault. It's where a lot of people, it's, it's like a gray area. That's kind of the whole point of the middle church. It's the gray area. And while there's nothing wrong with that, 
obviously the Lord calls us not to be lukewarm, which is obviously the major con of this sector of the church. They are mostly lukewarm. A lot of lukewarm Christians are in this area. These are where you'd find the common people who say, oh, I only go to Christmas on Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Because since these denominations are so small, this hurts them in a way, and they really tend to lack where they should be strong. But this is okay, because since these churches are so historically strong, and their essence is a church that serves the Lord, that makes up for it, as their theology is very strong and very powerful, and that's all something that we can learn for. So finally, where does the middle church stand? Who is there? So at the lower end of the middle church, not as low as the low church, but not where the middle church usually is, we have the Methodists, which we'll cover soon. In the middle of the middle church, where we have the most center of all, you'd think the Anglicans, but you'd actually be wrong, that goes to the Presbyterians and Calvinists. And then finally, yes, the Anglicans are the highest of the middle church, because they still tend to a lot of Catholic traditions, but not exactly the same as Presbyterians and Methodists. Okay, now it's time to move on to the high church. So as the low church has the least tradition and the most of sola scriptura, the high church is the exact opposite. They have the most tradition and the least belief in sola scriptura. Obviously, they believe it, but it doesn't take much precedence. Now, this sector of Christianity is where you'd find what a lot of people think as the big, scary church that they went to when they were six. Now, unfortunately, the high church is a lot of what Christianity is before the Reformation. So this is where you'd find Catholics and the Orthodox. But it also includes some very classical Protestants, most notably the Lutherans. These people are very strong in their beliefs and have a very high essence and belief in tradition. And they put tradition at a very, very high amount. This is also the part of Christianity where Protestantism ends and pre-Reformation begins, as I already mentioned. We like to call that the Protestant border in terms of theology. Now, you see, the high church is not bad necessarily, but essentially a lot of people, the problems that the Catholic Church had before the Reformation and the great schism caused by the Orthodox Church, this is where we find most of that stuff. And while it's very easy to be overlooked, there are obviously certain things in its essence that cannot be ignored. But this does not mean that they are any less believers in the low and middle church. This simply is just how they are and how they're structured. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. It's just how they simply view things. And that's beautiful. Now, some pros about the high church are, like I mentioned, they are the strongest in terms of tradition, and they are the most wise and the most old. Now, because they are so old, they have had the greatest influence on culture, even greater than the middle church. Whereas we see many countries throughout the world, specifically Europe and Africa, have a lot of high church institutions such as Catholicism and Orthodoxy because they have been around for so long in these ancient civilizations such as Rome and Greece and Ethiopia and even as far as Japan. That's another very strong pro of the high church. They have spread further than any other Christian institution, and if it was not them directly, they spread other institutions such as the middle and low church to do the spreading themselves. Now, let's discuss some of the unfortunate cons about the high church. As I mentioned, unfortunately, the high church places the highest emphasis on tradition, and this can cause a lot of branches of it, such as um, Adriatic Catholics or maybe Assyrian Orthodoxies, and while they are good, good churches, 
there can be a small problem of Christology and essentially less an emphasis on the Bible, more on tradition. But this isn't very commonplace. This is only in some very radical parts of the high church and is not as big as some other undefining flaws. The biggest underlining flaw of the high church is its unattractiveness. Some people see the high tradition and all the liturgy and sacraments and laws as scary and they want to go as far away from this as possible. I know a lot of people who have this experience and a lot of people have even compared it to Judaism, which is obviously a problem because this is infighting of the church, not of religions. If we were to bring in Judaism into the picture, they would be an even higher church and here's the biggest problem of all. The high church is very comparable to the Pharisees and Sadducees of Jesus' time. While obviously they don't openly reject Christ, they are very legalistic. And this is the biggest problem of the high church, and that's legalism. Because when legalism takes the place of grace, there is a problem. At the same time, of course, when grace takes precedence over legalism, that is also a problem. This is simply the other side of the spectrum. So, finally, let's close like we did with the other ones. Where do these churches stand in the terms of the high church? So, at the lower high church, we have the Lutherans, which are still Protestant, but still very old and very tradition. Then we have the Protestant border, of course. Then next, we'll go the Catholics, who are more the middle high church, who obviously have the Bible, Scola Scriptura, but still have a lot of tradition in them. Finally, the most traditional, and what a lot of people believe is a denomination that says that tradition has precedence over the Bible in some extremes, is the Orthodox Church. Okay, let's conclude today's podcast. So, despite this, and despite the many differences in the low, middle, and high church, it's still important to note that all of these churches work in unison with one another, serving the body of Christ and being the elect that God has called them to be. Now, you see, each brings their own party to the table, and no one denomination or no one part of the low, middle, or high church can work alone. All of these have to work together for the good of Christ to serve Christ. This is their job and this is their duty. Now, because of how greatly each of these denominations differ, there's obviously going to be some fighting and disagreement, but that's okay. That's where the part of we need to cooperate as the bride of Christ comes to be. Now, a lot of people think that high church, low church, and middle church, it's a sense of a discriminatory area, and usually the high church, middle, and low church is not a term commonly used outside of Anglicanism, as I mentioned earlier. And this is all right. This is something that people believe personally, and it's a view that I can respect. But me personally, I like to say that this is a term to help criticize one another healthily, and it's like, it's healthy, good criticism that all the churches should use for the glory of one another to serve Christ Jesus. Now then, let's conclude with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me a voice today to share about the blood and body of Christ and how we have all come together to serve you as your bride. I thank you, Lord God, that despite our differences, you have allowed us over the years and continually into the future to work together to serve you and your kingdom for all we do. I pray this in your name. Amen. Alrighty, folks, I thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy you were able to hear us. This has been Isaac Tredo with Denomination Discussion. Have a wonderful day, and may the Lord bless and keep you.